Today is Sunday. It's the 29th of January, 2017. Here at the Chamyamyain Meditation Center, you are practicing metta meditation, and your practice of metta, or the quality of metta that you have developed, has become already quite good. So for all of you, as meta-meditators, Sayadaw will give a Dhamma talk today, and he will talk about Kanti, patience. So these qualities of Kanti, patience, and Metta, loving-kindness, they are like twins. When we practice Metta meditation, it's impossible to do so without Kanti, patience. And when we are endowed with this quality of Kanti, patience, then it will be good for the practice of Metta meditation. So kanti, or patience, means that if somebody else scolds us, shouts at us, hits us, causes problems to us, and uh, injures us, and even if the person is going to kill us, so then that we have patience. So, if somebody does something to us, and then if we get angry, if we get upset, if we cannot take it, uh, this means that we do not have kanti, that we do not have patience. And it is only when one is endowed with this quality of kanti, patience, that uh, we can actually practice or cultivate metta, 
loving kindness. So if we have, if we are endowed with patience, or if we open up our heart for patience uh, to be there, to be present, uh, only then can we really cultivate metta, loving kindness. If our heart and mind is closed for patience, kanti, then also uh, we cannot really develop metta or loving-kindness. For metta meditators, those developing loving-kindness, it is very important to have patience, to be endowed with kanti. If there is no patience, no kanti, then this is like a house with a closed door or any building whose doors are closed. So if the door of a house, the doors of a building uh, is closed, then a virtuous person who comes and wants to enter this house, actually this person cannot enter. So if there is no kanti, no patience, if the door is closed, then also when we want to develop loving-kindness, we actually cannot develop loving-kindness. So, with patience, then we do not get upset, upset or angry if others abuse us, if others shout at us, if others scold us. Or even when uh, others are hitting you, when others are torturing you, 
when others are injuring you, then with patience, tolerance, you do not get angry or upset at this person. And even if others cut off your feet or your hands or even uh, chopping off your head, then in doubt with patience, one does not get upset or angry at these persons. To be really patient is not easy, but with practice, if we uh, train this quality, then gradually it will become stronger and it will be established. So if there is no metta, no loving-kindness, but if there is um, dosa, anger, aversion, so then if somebody uh, does something to you you don't like, then uh, you get upset and angry. The Buddha said that kanti, patience, is the weapon of virtuous people. So we can win with kanti, patience, over a person who is angry at us or who scolds us. Sayadaw will relate a personal example. In 1989, Sayadaw was in a town called Bay in Myanmar, in the south, and he was there in a meditation center to teach meditation. So there, uh, there were some people who didn't like what Sayadaw uh, was saying, who didn't like his Dhamma talks, who didn't like uh, instructions. (coughs) 
whatever Sayadaw was saying, uh, this person didn't like it, was against him. So at one time, Sayadaw was giving a Dhamma talk there at that meditation center, and he said that this particular person should give an admonishment to the meditators after his talk. So then this person spoke for more than half an hour, even almost an hour, and he was just enumerating uh, bad things about Sayadaw, finding fault with Sayadaw. So Sayadaw was present and listening to all the faults that this person was finding um, towards him. But he says that he didn't get upset or angry at this person. And of course, while that person was speaking, everybody watched Sayadaw. So of course, everybody was assuming when Sayadaw's faults were presented that Sayadaw would get upset or angry or that his dislike or uh, anger would manifest on his face. In Sayadaw's mind, it was not like hearing the faults that he was presenting against him. What, when he started to talk and um, yeah, finding, trying to find fault with Sayadaw, actually they were not true. So then, uh, Sayadaw decided for himself or 
it was like, ah, now I have an opportunity to practice Kanti, to practice patience, uh, saying to himself, let's see how much patience I have. And finally, that person got tired and finally stopped talking. So then after that person had given that admonishment or finding fault with Sayadaw, um, a friend of him went up to him and said, you know, when you were talking, Sayadaw didn't show any signs of getting angry or being upset. And finally, or lastly, it was that person who got into trouble. So Sayadaw then realized or personally experienced the benefits of Kanti, of being patient. And uh, he realized, even though it's difficult, but uh, one can experience these benefits of patience. Saito came to understand very clearly that Kanti, patience, is the weapon of the virtues and that Kanti, patience, is a means to success, to be successful. So, patience uh, doesn't mean, or one is not patient when one is afraid. So, being frightened does not mean to be patient. Or, if one um, just stays silent, doesn't say anything or doesn't do anything, if one just feels like um, a loser, that's also not patience. If one does not retaliate with actions of body or speech, but if one is angry and upset in one's mind, that is also not yet patience. Mm -hmm. 
only when we, when we do not retaliate angrily with actions of body and speech, only if no anger or aversion arises in the mind, only then can we speak of kanti, patience. The person with the greatest um, patience is Buddha Gautama. So there is no person, no being who equals the Buddha's patience. He is unequaled in, in this regard. At one, one time, when the Buddha went on arms round, some people shouted at the Buddha, abused him, scolded him, but the Buddha didn't get upset or angry. Uh, he could stay uh, patient. And also, the Buddha showed no signs of anger, aversion, or ill will towards a monk called Devadatta, who tried to kill the Buddha on various occasions. So, so not showing any signs of anger or ill will. And on top of that, in the Buddha's mind, uh, there was metta for Devadatta, in the same way the Buddha felt kindness, metta for his own son Rahula. On another occasion, a woman called Chinchamana accused the Buddha, and um, also at that, on that occasion, uh, the Buddha showed no signs of anger or ill will, but instead his heart and mind was full of metta for this woman, in the same way as the Buddha had metta, loving-kindness, for his son Rahula. Now, Sayadaw will talk about the unequaled kanti, patience of the Buddha, 
and he will re, uh, tell the story of the hermit Kantipala. So this uh, didn't happen in the life of the Buddha after he had become the Buddha, but it happened in one of his previous lives when he was still a Bodhisattva. So the Buddha perfected the paramis, the perfections, for a long, long time, for uh, four world cycles and a hundred thousand worlds. So, uh, in that existence, his patience, his kanti, was already very strong. So, at that time, um, the king of the country who he lived was King Kalabu. So, at that time, the Bodhisattva was a very rich, wealthy man who lived in the town of Savati. When, when he came of age, being born in a Brahmin family, so when he came of age, uh, both of his parents died. So he had lost his parents and uh, only the wealth of his parents was left with him. So then the Bodhisattva, this young man, looked at all these wells and um, a feeling of urgency, some vega, arose in him. So he reflected, my parents have died, um, but they have left all this material, material wealth. And my parents, they had to leave all this wealth behind. And then he decided, I'm going to take along uh, this wealth. So, uh, here it's important to understand that he had this sense of spiritual urgency, some vega. 
So it's most likely that where you live in, in your environment, um, a very wealthy, rich person has died. So when such a very wealthy, rich person dies, that person cannot take along all this material wealth, but all this wealth is left behind. And we can ask ourselves, when I die, is it possible to take this wealth with me? Can I take the material possessions with me? So, wise, intelligent persons, they, um, they know that they can take the wealth with them, but those who are not wise, who are not intelligent, they, they say, yes, I cannot take these things with me. So then saying um, all these material things that have been, that, that are there, I will take them with me. I will not leave them behind. Well, how is that possible? So think, reflect. So the Bodhisattva, this young man, reflected, well, my parents, gathering, uh, saving all these things, they, they were not able to take the things with them. But I, myself, I will not leave one, one piece of these material things behind. I will take everything with me. Yogis, meditators, what do you think? How is that possible? So reflect, you know, if I die, I will not leave behind my material things. I will take them with me. How is that possible? What can I do? 
If one is wise, intelligent, one can take the things with oneself. Without wisdom or intelligence, one cannot take these things with oneself. How can you take these things with you? Correct. <laughs> yes, by giving these things away. So then, um, this young man, the Bodhisattva, announced that anybody who needed something could come and uh, take whatever they wanted. So he gave everything away. So this is the method of taking with oneself all material things by using one's brain or wisdom. You are also intelligent. That's why. So that's why you offer breakfast. That's why you offer lunch. That's why you offer uh, the juice, the drinks. So that's the um, the method of using one's intelligence or brain. Because this intention to offer, to practice generosity and the actual performance of um, generosity, this merit follows one uh, in the course of samsara. So, this wish to offer, to share, to give, uh, to give away, so that um, the intention to to practice dana. So this intention for practicing dana, generosity, um, this follows one in the course of samsara. It follows in the stream of consciousness which is constantly arising and passing away, arising and passing away. So then one can be mm, grateful for being wealthy, to be rich, and so the, uh, based on that, 
then one can have this wish or this intention to practice generosity. So then the Bodhisattva, this young man, gave away all his things. He offered them to whoever who need, needed them. He abandoned all his material wealth and then he left his home and went uh, to live in the forest. There, and he became a hermit and practiced meditation, practiced meditation like metta meditation. So, practicing meditation, his uh, concentration got very strong. He reached the jhanas, the absorptions, and based on that, he developed the abhinyas, the supernormal powers. One day, he went into the town of Varanasi for arms round. When uh, this hermit entered the town of Varanasi in his, on his arms round, um, the commander-in-chief uh, saw this hermit. And when he saw this hermit, um, he felt uh, very happy, pleased. Uh, it made him happy to see this hermit. He had a lot of respect for him. So he went up to him and invited him to his house where he offered the hermit uh, food, a meal. And then the commander-in-chief said, uh, Venerable Hermit, please do not leave or go away to a far place, but please stay here. You can reside in the royal garden, and I will build you a little hut where you can live. One day, the, the, the queen, so one day, the king, King Kalabu, So one day, the King Kalakpu, with a number of attendants, 
went for a stroll into the royal garden. And when he was in the royal garden, he looked at the performance of dancers and singers who were performing in the royal garden on, on a slab uh, of stone. So, listening, watching the dancers, the singers, these female uh, performers, uh, one of them kind of looked at the king. And while watching this performance, actually the king fell asleep. When the singers and the dancers realized that the king had fallen asleep, they said, well, we no longer need to sing and dance because the king has fallen asleep. So let's stop. So they stopped singing and dancing and they went to explore the royal garden, walking around in the royal garden. And as they were wandering around in the royal garden, they came across the hermit Kantipala, Kantivati, sorry. The female singers and dancers, they paid respect to this hermit and then the hermit gave them a Dhamma talk. So the hermit Kantivadi gave them a suitable Dhamma talk. And they listened very respectfully to the hermit. And when this was happening, the king Kalabu woke up. When he woke up, realizing that the performance had stopped and that they were no longer there, he asked the queen, where have they gone? And she said, well, they have gone to that hermit and they listen to his talk. 
when King Kalabu heard that, he got very upset and angry. Thinking, well, uh, this hermit will come to know me. And he went uh, to the place where the hermit was. Angrily, the king asked the hermit, What is your teaching? And the hermit, the Bodhisattva, replied, My teaching is Kanti, patience. So the the king said, well, let's see um, how strong your patience is. And the king called his executioner and had the hermit uh, lay down. Then he gave the order to the executioner to beat the hermit with a cane stick 2,000 times. The queen um, asked to forgive him, uh, but the king was so angry that um, he said the order should be carried out. So the executioner, he had to carry out the order of the king and give the hermit 2,000 blows with the stick. While the hermit, our Bodhisattva, uh, got these 2,000 blows with the stick, he didn't get angry at the king, and he also didn't get angry at the executioner who was carrying out the king's order. So this is what we call kanti, forbearance or patience. So, um, you know, we can reflect on uh, the Bodhisattva's kanti, patience and forbearance. And after the blows, King Kalabu asked the hermit, do you still have Kanti, patience? And the hermit said, yes. Mm-hmm. 
So having received these 2,000 blows with the stick, his skin was all torn and uh, he was bleeding all over his body. So you meditators, if you were hit um, with a stick 2,000 times, um, would you still have Kanti? Would you be able not to get angry? The Bodhisattva, he was able to be uh, forbearant, to be patient. Um, King Kalabu then got even angrier and he gave his executioner the order to cut off the two hands of the hermit, to cut off his two feet, to cut off his ears and to cut off his nose. And because the executioner got this order from the king, he had to carry it out. So when the hands, the feet, the ears and the nose of the hermit was cut off, he didn't get upset or angry at the king, he didn't get angry at the executioner, but he cultivated metta. And then King Kalabu asked the hermit, is there still patience? And the hermit said, yes. He said, you know, uh, don't think that my patience is in my hands or in my feet or my ears or my nose. My patience is deep within my heart and mind. So hearing this answer from the hermit, the king got even angrier and he stood up and stomped on the hermit's chest. So meditators, uh, under such circumstance, would you be able to still uh, feel metta, to still have patience? Um, so, you meditators, you could ask Siaro. 
Sayadaw. Sayadaw would run away. He would run away. So, although the king um, stomped on the hermit's chest a number of times, trampled him, but still the hermit did not get angry at the king. So then after that, the king left and went away. When the king came to the gate of the royal garden, the earth opened up and swallowed him and he fell into the Avicii hell realm. And then the commander-in-chief came, went to the hermit and said, please forgive uh, for this cruel uh, deed. I feel, I feel really sorry that uh, this happened to you. And the, the hermit, the bodhisattva, then replied to the commander-in-chief, you know, although my hands and feet and ears and nose were cut off, although the king trampled on my chest, but I do not feel angry at the king, at the executioner. I still uh, have metta. Uh, for both of them. Um, I for the king. So to be patient and forbearant in this way, this is what we call Kanti. Because the Bodhisattva had perfected this quality of Kanti, patience, forbearance, tolerance for a long, long time. That's why uh, his patience, his kanti, had become so strong. <laughs> 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 
Because Sayadaw and you meditators are not uh, the Buddha, the Bodhisattva, that's why our Kanti patience is not yet so strong. But we have to practice. So as much as we are able, we should be patient. So we have to uh, be patient so that we do not get upset or angry or ill will when somebody uh, shouts at them. And also we ourselves should not scold others. We should not shout at others. We should be patient. So in the same way as we do not want uh, to be scolded or shouted at, we should not um, go and scold others. We should not shout at others. So if somebody um, touches us or uh, hits us, um, then we should be patient with that. But being patient or tolerant, we should not go and touch or hit others. So, as meditators, we should try not to upset others, but we should cultivate metta for each other. So although you meditators, you come from many different countries, men and women, or male and female meditators alike, so we should not see the differences, but we should see uh, what we have in common. Although we differentiate between different countries, but metta does not make such a differentiation. Although we have female and male persons, but metta does not make such a differentiation. And although um, there are different bodies, physical bodies, but in the spirit of metta, we are just one 
big body. So we should uh, feel metta for each other. So we should not be the cause for anybody uh, to break or to destroy the metta. So we have to help and support each other in having metta for each other. And so if we try to do this, then the door in our heart for Kanti will open. If the door of Kanti, patience, has been opened in our heart and mind, then the practice of metta meditation will become better and stronger. So uh, you should all practice in this way. What is what is important is to have a continuous uh, metta, so that the metta is continuous, that it does not have any gaps. In the interviews with Sayadaw, Sayadaw has come to know that every uh, person, every meditator has come to know uh, metta, loving kindness. <coughs> so, having come to know this quality of metta, now what is needed is to make it continuous like one moment after the other, that it's just one moment of metta followed by the next moment of metta followed by the next moment. So, may all of you be able to strengthen the metta in this way, and by experiencing a strong metta, be able to experience all the benefits of metta. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.